Hey there, Internet. Welcome to another episode of the G-A-M-E-B-O-I-Z Game Boys Podcast. Uh, it's me, Lux. I'm your host with me as always. It's the man. He's back from Silicon Valley. It's Griffin Davis. Uh, back from Silicon Valley. That's right. Um, yeah, how was Sketchfest, bud? It was fun. It was good. The first show we played to uh, a, 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 you know, a big crowd of eight people. Um, <laughs> Sell out. I don't know if they understood that we were doing sketch comedy. Um, Hell and, yeah. Um, <laughs> Love for people who go to Sketchfest and think it's about drawing. And apparently uh, the guys that went on right before us had, had like taken their dicks out on stage or something. And, and, and then we just like came like I didn't know that at the time. So <laughs> how so we to follow on. So we come up and we follow and our first sketch is a dick sketch. Oh, <laughs> so, no. I, it seemed like an, an unattended, like, assault on the audience. Uh, so, But, yeah, it was fun. Um, and then there was a great after party. They had a little uh, uh, experience bar, is what they called it. And it, was, it looked like a, like a Westworld. I knew, I knew if I asked you about that sketch fest, something insanely douchey would come up and we'd get to talk about it. And here it is. What's an experience <laughs> bar? It's all about experience bars. Um, all right, pitch me on this, bro. Well, if you party up, you get group XP. And then... Uh, <laughs> Well, it's basically just like like every every bar and pop up now has to be like a thing. It has to be a themed thing, you know. So it was like kind of going like for like a Westworld vibe. Um, but then there was like a swing dancing room, and the band lead singer was uh, SpongeBob SquarePants. Uh, things Tom have taken Kenny. a turn. Yeah, so it was a jam. It was a good time, Lux. It was fun. I'm very tired. Uh, I I sound like death. Um, but Lux. Well, my intrepid, exhausted friend. What, what have you been, been up to? What have I been up to? Um, getting ready for the next PWR show, mostly, and playing fucking Tales of Vesperia at every every moment that I can get away from work or videos. As we've said, you know, you 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 find a new JRPG when you're in times of crisis, and this yeah. is your new. This, this is, is my current salve. Yeah, this is my new. This is my current valve, and it's so good. It's cool. I like it because it's like it sort of is split up into like three distinct arcs. Throughout this, as the story goes on. Oh man, sorry, Lux. I think I'm talking to the wrong side of my microphone. Let me turn you, it around. You super are, actually. I can see oh that. Oh my goodness. Oh, it sounds so much better now. Yeah, you sounded okay Yikes. before, but things are improved. Um, uh, okay. But uh, yeah, I've been playing this area, <laughs> and it's. <laughs> Haley, please keep that, keep that in. Um, so, yeah, I've been playing Vesperia. It's super good. Um, it's insanely fun. And, yeah, like I said, it's it's split into, like, three arcs in this way where, like, it never you never really get tired of the overarching story because each overarching story is only about 15 hours, but it comes out to a 50-hour game. So, like, that's kind of nice that, like, it's like sometimes JRPGs, it's like you're playing 50 hours of the same story, and by, like, act three, you're just like, I fucking get it. Yeah. Um, but this one breaks it up a little bit in a way that's a lot of fun. That's How about great. you? How about you, bud? You did well, gaming while <laughs> you know, were out in Sketchfest? I, I sound very tired, Lux, but, you know, it's a big day because... Kingdom Hearts 3, baby. It's today. The day we've all been waiting for. Griffin, you got so excited that you're peeking on the audio, so turn your game down if you're going to yell about Kingdom Hearts. I definitely broke the audio right there. You certainly did. 13 years, Lux. Yeah, are you so excited? I was just a wee 13-year-old boy when I completed the saga that was Kingdom Hearts 2. Yeah. So are you so hyped for three? I'm very excited. I, I had a, I had a counter. The TV went to sleep. But I had a counter on with the time counting down until uh, 9 p.m. PST when I can just 
turn that puppy on. Are you really pre-downloaded it and stuff? Oh, it's pre-DL'd. It's great. It's like locked uh, and loaded. At 9 p.m. exactly, you're going to roll it over and boot that baby up. Mm-hmm. And I've got uh, I've got friend of the show and former podcast episode, uh, Gregory Borderline, coming over to uh, to experience the beginning with me. Uh, wow. You know, so a real moment gonna... to share with friends, booting up a single-player JRPG. <laughs> Such a great communal experience for everyone. <laughs> I recently learned, speaking of single-player DRGs, that Vesperia has co-op, and the way I learned this was uh, classically stupid. Um, I was trying to switch which of the characters my party I controlled, because it's a real-time fighting engine, and I kept turning all of them off so none of them would fight, and I kept getting killed, but eventually I turned them all manual, so I controlled one, and then the other three were synced to controllers that didn't exist. So it turns out, you can play four-player Tales of Vesperia, where each person controls one of the fighters in the party. Whoa. Yeah. Now... Now, um, if there's that same kind of feature where you can play Donald Duck or Goofy uh, in Kingdom Hearts 3, that would be much appreciated. Yeah. I think that'd be good. If we get online co-op Kingdom Hearts 3, I'll play all the Donald Duck. <laughs> because similarly, I almost never wear pants. <laughs> um, wow. Uh, pants reminds me of the game uh, that we have picked today by our, our lovely guest. So I think we should introduce him to the podcast he is a sketch comedian he is a passionate video game fan welcome to the podcast roger carnot hey what's up what up dude Uh, roger carnot carnot yeah carnot 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 yeah carnot hey what's up guys (laughs) hey what's going on man uh yeah this is a hard day to uh, like I really the pressure is on me today. Kingdom Hearts 3 comes out. Mm-hmm. This episode is following the Final Fantasy 7 episode. Sure. Oof. I'm barely paying attention right now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Griffin's, Griffin's basically dead. I'm fine. So that's good. I got a good night's sleep last night. I'll be peeking the audio this entire time, but with videos I'm playing off my phone. You can bring your you can bring your game down a little bit if you you know just throw that out there as a potential solution to the problem. And here we go. Yeah, the game is down. There you go. You already sound better. Um, yeah, man. Well, thanks for making time and thanks for being brave enough to follow yeah, up of Final Fantasy VII. Yeah, if I had known, I could have done Final Fantasy VII Crisis Core. Whoa. The PSP game. Yeah, yeah. yeah and then we could have just been a Final Fantasy VII podcast. Right. Okay. And, then finally, and then I finally would have won the war. <laughs> <laughs> the great war for the heart of our audience. It's okay. Uh, well, so then quick aside, uh, your thoughts on Advent Children, Final Fantasy I, Advent Children, straight to DVD film. I, I never watched that, but I saw the Final Fantasy movie, Spirits Within. Mm. The, the That one had a theatrical release. Uh, I don't remember a single thing about that movie. Sure. Except like the, the way it looks vaguely. Okay. Well, we'll have to pop that in a- after this podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hey, pop that baby in. Just throw it on the old VHS machine. What's it? Do, do you guys remember the story of that? What, what was the story of that? Of Advent of Children? Of Advent Children? Uh, no, of uh, Spirits Within. Oh, it, it oh. couldn't. It could not matter less. It was like, all the same. It was like they were these people and they had spaceships. Yeah. And on mm. the planet they were going to, they had basically materia, but they called them something else. And they okay. were going to collect them. But some people were like doing it because of good reasons. But some people were doing it because of bad money reasons. And they didn't care about the planet. Uh huh. 
Uh, that's basically it. I saw it with my dad in the theater, and I haven't yeah, thought yeah. about it or seen it since then. I think I saw it with my dad, too. Oh, my God. I feel so bad for all the dads that had to watch that movie. Oh, it was my dad's idea. He loves that shit. He's a big old oh, fucking, okay. he's a big <laughs> fucking cool. nerd. Very unique case with your father. Yeah, he's been on the podcast. Shouts out to okay. Rabbi Jack Luxembourg. Um, but, but yeah, uh, Roger, I was mentioning uh, Kingdom Hearts, and then you said that your uh, your students have been talking about it. Now, yeah. now, what, now what are you? A, you you're a I'm tennis I'm a high school instructor. tennis coach. Wow. Yeah, I, I coach high school tennis at my old high school oh um, damn yes yeah, so the kids are like seven to eleven years younger this year um last year was my first year that you know six to ten years younger um and yeah a lot of them had played kingdom hearts uh and like final fantasy 10 and, and whatever it's like stuff that i played when i was a kid uh it's just like really interesting to me like to see what still lives on yeah exactly like and in, kingdom hearts yeah. is one of them baby well i feel like yeah. those are definitely kingdom hearts kingdom hearts especially but i think final fantasy 10 falls in this category too are games that like people who are our age and a little bit older probably played as kids and showed like their kids and stuff yeah in a way that makes them like the kind of really good intro level games for like kids of that age like they're the kind of games yeah. like you'd play with your parents or whatever like i'm I sure mean, there are I, other people who are taught how to read by video games and i'm sure the games they learn how to read from are like kingdom hearts and shit the way that i learned oh, from like betrayal of crondor and stuff i definitely got better at reading because i wanted to play final fantasy 7 VII and 8 because my older brother would play those um yeah like i just wanted to be able to read it in time like because i would, <laughs> I would yeah. read too slow yeah and it was it's like, like your type to learn that's yeah yeah <laughs> oh and i got better at typing from like uh, flirting with a girl on AIM Hell who yeah. I had met on Monster Hunter. Oh, <laughs> thank Bango God. Tango. Yeah. That's I, how you do my it. My words per minute are very high. <laughs> Where'd you all meet? Monster Hunter. <laughs> um, yeah, I got really good at typing by being in World of Warcraft and like the need to communicate with strangers is like a really key utility skill that you like had to get better and faster at typing. Um, and then, you know, after a few, after a few, you know, few years of of world of warcraft you know i was blazing at like 120 words per minute in the forums yeah, yeah i got faster typing because my middle school had mavis speak and teaches typing they had a high scoreboard and i was like no one else is getting that top spot <laughs> <laughs> so the ty- typing itself was the game to you yeah well they made yeah, they had yeah. a game that like rewarded you for being good at typing and i was like yeah, yeah. oh i'm the best at all video games doesn't matter what the mechanic is, so I'm going yeah. to win this, and that's all I got good at typing. Thank you, so I, DC Public Schools, for the one thing you taught me effectively. So I am still interested about these kids in these schools yeah. a little bit, you know, because I, I we don't we don't get a lot of a uh, lot of takes from that generation. Yeah, I just want to say, know. Griffin, you said these kids in these schools as if they were ideas you'd never heard of. You're like these kids in these. I don't know what what are they? I, <laughs> yeah, what do they have in schools? Yeah, a, what? Uh, so you hang out with small goats then? I, I thought. I thought schools were kind of passe at this point. Well, they're mostly for uh, fish. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so other than Kingdom Hearts, which was, you know, obviously yeah. going to be a still thing. Uh, what other what other big things are, are there with, with the kids that you hear about on the streets these days? What okay. are the games they care about? Um, so, I, you know, I, I was actually on campus every day last spring and that starts again uh, literally tomorrow for me. So I haven't been there like uh every day for a year so this is all about a year old but um what was like the biggest online game last year fortnite yes all the kids are on fortnite are they all those kids doing the backpack kid dance all the time i don't think any of them were doing like the floss dance uh 
And I think that for sure, I've spoken to kids recently and, and they think that's like lame now. Cool, good. Uh, we talked about yeah, this on the yeah. show that I was like very traumatized by seeing a sad child do the backpack kid dance outside an H&M in New York recently. <laughs> um, and so I'm glad that's sort of fading out because that was really rough to look at. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was rough. It ruined my whole day. Yeah, we talked on the podcast and then Griffin just cried instead of going out for New Year's, <laughs> which I also did. But that's my normal thing. Um, yeah, so... I mean, it's it's dope that, that you have this connection to kids playing video games. Do you find that, like, do you ever or have you ever, like, had a kid be like, this is a game that I think is cool. And you're like, I haven't heard of that. And you've, like, Googled it and been like, oh, I think this game is cool. And then played no, it. No, they all want me to play Fortnite. And I'm like, no, like, yeah. that's for you guys to, mm-hmm. to play. Like, I have no interest. And, like. I want you guys to bond without me. Uh, <laughs> sure. <thanks. laughs> yeah. Uh, so you are instructor in tennis. Uh, where do you fall with tennis video games? Oh, OK. Uh, Virtua Tennis for the PSP might be one of the games I've played the most in my life. OK. Because there were maybe four years where I'd play it every time I pooped. So and, and I, I would just like. <laughs> so like six, eight hours a day. <laughs> I would definitely like. High fiber guy. <laughs> I would play an entire match. Uh, like and not leave the restroom. Uh, I got really good at that game. Like they could be on like the hardest level, and I would win six zero without them winning a single point. Uh, that game was like the the fun one to me because like you could you know play. It, it was all about like beating them through angles because neither computer was gonna miss the ball ever. Um, so that you know it was just like a fun like exercise and like perfecting like the angles of a court. Uh, and then, I don't know, I've played, like, Wii Tennis and a few other ones, but Virtual Tennis for the PSP was, like, the one that really got me. Have you played mm-hmm. uh, Mario Tennis Aces yet? No, not yet. Okay. That's my favorite tennis game, because I'm not good at tennis games, but Mario Tennis yeah. is pretty fun. Okay, but now, isn't that the one where the <laughs> where the tennis records have, like, weapon durability and, like, break? Yeah. <laughs> What's your point? It's the best <laughs> one. How often do tennis records break? Uh, <laughs> I've probably, like, broken three or four rackets in my life. Okay. Well, yeah. I hear that they like break in this game uh, like yeah. two or three times a match. Yeah, Not if yeah. you time your blocks right. <laughs> if you time your blocks right, your racket never your racket never breaks. Imagine if that was like real, true in the real world and it was like the most expensive rich person sport to play just simply because you had to just burn through rackets like every couple minutes. <laughs> because the two ways you could win is by points or by destroying <laughs> the other person's racket by hitting the ball <laughs> super hard. Yeah, totally. I mean, that, then I'd probably play more tennis. The people that actually smash rackets are like people that are sponsored and get free rackets. Yeah. Which like a sponsor would hate it if they found out you were just smashing rackets. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> hey, my name's Derek. I'm sponsored by a uh, Racket Corp. And here's my uh punk free by prank video where I'm gonna break 36 rackets in half. <laughs> and they'll pay me back for them. It's gonna be great. Um so Roger, you you talk about tennis video games, but is that how you got into video games, like playing tennis games, oh, or no. you, how did it how did it start? No, uh, I played video games way before I ever played tennis. I played I, like the first video game I played was some game for the Sega Genesis where you shoot slime. Uh, okay. I can look it up. Some kind of slime uh, shoot in Sega Genesis. Game. Yeah, yeah. Like I had an older brother who was six years older than me. Oh, me too. So yeah, so I had. I remember playing like that and like Mortal Kombat when I was three on Sega Genesis, Sonic and Knuckles. Sure. Uh, hell yeah. Which is like the one, yeah, where there's a cartridge that you had to plug into a second cartridge. Oh, yeah. And like stack it on top of each other. Uh, yeah, no, I, I had a bunch of consoles growing up and I think I even got into like writing because I wanted to write for video games in like first, second grade. Yeah, for sure. I think that's a yeah. lot of, we were talking about, actually, second podcast in a row that we'll shout out friend of the pod, Jared Bauer, but he messaged me after the last podcast and was like, 
when you guys were talking about learning to write because you wanted, like, because of Final Fantasy VII and wanted to write about video games, like, me too. And we've had a couple other yeah. people mention that after the Final Fantasy episode. So it's cool to hear that that's, like, a pretty pervasive thing amongst people. Yeah, I remember in, like, second grade writing a story for class, uh, and I titled it, like, Final Fantasy 24, because I was like, okay, by the time I'm 30, like, <laughs> this certainly will, we'll go you're that like, far. I'm going to nail this right, like, perfectly <laughs> yeah. on the timeline. Yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to blow up right when it's that It'll one. It'll be so crazy when Final Fantasy 24 comes out, and you're, like, second grade English teacher story. posts the short story, and is like, my student knew all the secrets, and it goes it super viral. all ten vocabulary words in the story. <laughs> 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 yeah, no, exactly. The Square Enix people are like, well, we had to get office in there because that's a hard one to spell. It's a good vocab word. So <laughs> that's why we said it in the city. That, um, that's why the character's name is Office. <laughs> oh, that, that feels like it would be a you'd fail the vocab test because you're not actually nope. using office in a sentence. Uh, Mr. Christopher, if you're listening to this, he was my second and fourth grade teacher. Every Thursday we had to like write a short story in both of those grades where we had to put all ten vocab words in. Second grade, I'd spend like three, four hours writing it because I like really cared. I would like get up on my couch and pretend to like swing sword and stuff like just pretending to like be the character uh they were all like sword guys uh, yeah. like they may, have, may as well have been like named sword guy uh <laughs> but then in fourth grade i realized he didn't read any of these so i named all the characters first name vocab word middle name vocab word last name vocab word so it'd just be like you know uh autobiography is like their <laughs> middle name hi my name's uh aqueduct concrete vitamix um, <laughs> a Vitamix, that was a big one, fourth yeah, grade. No, I know. Well, they want you to know how to navigate a kitchen so you don't hurt yourself. And children are fucking stupid. These will be around forever. Yeah. <laughs> they're never going to not have a Vitamix. Um, so, yeah, so then, so you hadn't just playing early. What, like, I mean, I know we're going to talk about the game today, but are there any other games that, like, stuck out to you as, like, big reasons why video games, like, stuck with you as a hobby or, like, as a pastime? Yeah, because you're not playing video games currently, right? Right. Like, it's yeah. more like you kind of had your big hits in the past. Yeah, I played video games. Like my whole life from, you know, age of three through high school and then stopped uh, just in college. I was like, I think it's just like inferiority complex being in like a film school and everyone had seen everything and I had seen nothing. Uh, I knew I wanted to write for TV, but, you know, I had watched like four TV shows. I hate that. I hate when everyone's seen everything. Yeah. That's just the worst. Guys, yeah. see a little less. <laughs> Can we yeah. all watch less, please? It sounds, like we're, less. it sounds like we're three film school people who all didn't watch the stuff before they got to film school. And let me tell yeah. you, it's fine. Yeah. Okay. yeah. You don't it have is, to watch the stuff. It is <laughs> fine. And you can watch the stuff, but take it easy. Yeah. Like, you've been watching other stuff yeah. that they haven't been. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, sometimes yeah. you can sneakily convince them that if you write about video games for your thesis, that's fine. <laughs> is that what you did? Yeah, that's exactly what I did. I read about Mass Effect 3 for my uh, honors thesis in college. How'd it go? hundred percent successful. I won an award cool. and everything. God damn Great. it. We've talked about this before. <laughs> yeah, um, my point is, my point is that I think it's, a, it's it's worth noting that that inferior complex is a real thing. And it's like, you yeah. don't have to see all the stuff. You can see the yeah, stuff no. you like and then learn how to talk about it. That actually might actually be the most relatable thing we've said to our audience. <laughs> yeah, no, this is the first time we've actually said something useful to people. So I'm trying to like really lean into it. Oh, <laughs> so Wait, yeah. did we just do something good. Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Um, <laughs> so, OK, so when so you stopped there and then you just haven't really picked up games really since since film school. Right. Yeah. Uh, but growing up, like. The games that really made a difference to me were Final Fantasy 7, 8, 10, Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2. Uh, let's see. I, I almost did Jet Grind Radio for this. Oh, fuck yeah. What a good game. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, is it Jet Set Radio or Jet Grind Jet Radio? Jet Grind oh, okay. Radio is the first game. Jet Set Radio yeah. Future is the second game. Yeah, I think it was like... 
because I, I looked this up and yeah, it's like I think even re-releases of Jet Grind Radio were called Jet Set Radio. I think so. I think when they did, because they released the sequel on the Xbox, and I think they re-released right. Jet Grind Radio as Jet Set Radio on the Xbox yeah. as a remaster. Yeah, well, I, I played it on Dreamcast. Hell yeah. And it was, yeah, Jet Grind Radio. Yeah, Dreamcast, like, okay, like a bunch of uh, Dreamcast games like still stick with me. Yeah, I think about, I think about taxi, Power Stone like, almost every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you ever played that game. That weird, what, what weird was it? Power Stone. Mm-mm. It was like a 3D fighting game, and every character was really goofy, and it had the same kind of like weird, like this guy's from China, so he has like a China hat kind of style as Tekken, uh-huh. except like way cartoonier and sillier. Yeah. Um, and you was can't fucking ruled. Have like if you look at it now and China Man with China hat, that can't look good. It only holds up because of how stupid their way of doing it was. They were like, This okay. guy's from Egypt, so he's definitely a mummy. Okay. Or like this pirate man from the ocean is also a, a praying mantis. Sure, why not? Okay. Mummy and Ocean Man sound a little less racist than the Chinese guy. Yeah, the Chinese guy was their worst look for sure. <laughs> for sure. Oh, but, um, I, know, I, I played Soul Calibur. I remember that oh, for yeah. Dreamcast. And I'm not a big like fighting game mm-hmm. fan. But eventually that you one. got a PlayStation 1, correct? Yes. For the I, game that we're yes. about to talk about. Let's do it. Because and, you got to have it. And I think it's uh, it's interesting. Did you, did you before we talk about this game, is this, was this a game that you, was this one of the first games for PlayStation 1 for you? or I don't. What are, you, what are your PlayStation 1 Okay, my PlayStation hits? 1 games. Ape Escape. Uh, you know, the Final Fantasy games. Um, I vividly remember playing a Beyblade game. I know that was the last game I played for PlayStation One <laughs> before you threw it out the window. Uh, I, I actually <laughs> why did the you Beyblade let this game. happen? <laughs> uh, hey, shout out to my friend Alex Hood, voice of Kenny on Beyblade. Wow! Whoa! Yeah, get that guy on here. Also, the brain on Arthur. Oh yeah, we should do that. <laughs> I'm all messaging after this. But anyways, regardless, you know, it's good that you can't think of any more and that because that means that you picked something that's true to your heart. And so I think before we talk about it, we should hear a little bit of history about this game. In the late 90s, game developer SCE Japan Studio was working on the concept for a game that revolved around capturing time-traveling monkeys. A few months into development, Sony brought them into a super-secret testing facility where they were shown something that would change gaming forever, the DualShock Analog Controller. The developers saw the potential for a game that could be controlled by two analog joysticks and remapped their entire game around the feature, becoming the first video game to require the use of DualShock for gameplay. The game released a critical and commercial success, and to this day is considered one of the heavyweights of the PlayStation 1. This week on Game Boys, may God have mercy on our souls, for the apes have escaped, but at least they're wearing pants. It's Ape Escape. <laughs> um, this was a rad pick. This game fucking rules. What, why, what made you, what made this be, the, why was this the game that you chose to come on a podcast and talk about one video game? Okay, I, yeah, I remember the images that I remember from the game are like, Inside the space station and on like the snowy mountain where there's like monkeys like with the hot springs like uh, I think that might have been my introduction to like that little bit of Japanese iconography like snow monkeys. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah no, snow, no snow monkeys out here. <laughs> yeah, not no in LA. snow monkeys. No, <laughs> when, when I have friends that go to Japan, 
uh, like in the winter months, the first thing I ask is, did you see a snow monkey? And I get very jealous when they say yes. <laughs> and it's a yes every time. Oh, they yeah. say it's a huge problem over there. <laughs> like, I couldn't even see any snow. I was seeing so many monkeys. It's <laughs> 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 like, oh, my God. It's really hard to tell if it's snowing or not because <laughs> just there's just up. writhing mass, masses <laughs> of monkeys. Yeah, I'm blinded by these monkeys. <laughs> but yeah, I, I remember it being like the perfect mix of like platformer and like hack and slash in that you're like swinging a sword around again i like those sword guys uh, i remember the right stick well we love a good sword yeah. Oh, yeah and this if a, it's part of a gun we're even happier yeah this is a real pro gun sword blade respecting ass podcast so mm-hmm. feel no shame in pre- 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 repping for the sword guys mm-hmm. sure the okay i will only talk about ape escape after this sentence, but in Final Fantasy VIII, I loved pulling the trigger like at the same time that you'd hit someone because like Squall had the gun blade or whatever. Yeah, hell yeah, Squall, that gun sword. And that's, yeah. and that's really important. I think without that gun blade, they wouldn't have made it. No, <laughs> no, they wouldn't have made it out of all those situations. Uh, back to Ape Escape. Uh, yeah, that it's okay. just like. So, yeah, you remember it just being like a game that grabbed you on like multiple levels. So let's talk a little bit about the story of this game for yeah. a second here. Uh, so we explained in a, like a sentence or two. What is the story of this game? OK, it's weirdly similar to Kingdom Hearts. OK, I'm listening. <laughs> okay. um, <laughs> Good <so>. luck. <laughs> so this evil monkey has got a helmet that gives him like powers sure uh and then he releases all the monkeys out of monkey park and gives them helmets and then goes to the professor's science lab sends all these monkeys through time sure and then so that you can monkify everything right well so the then the kids have to go to the professor's lab also go back in time and capture these monkeys with a butterfly net where it's similar to kingdom hearts is like the main guy uh, whose name is Spike. Spike basically looks like Sora. He's got True. red spiky hair and his friend... <laughs> Clown shoes. Uh-huh. And his friend... Except it looks like a Final Fantasy VII mm-hmm. rendering yeah. of Sora. And then his friend Jake has blue hair, mm-hmm. is captured by the bad guy, mm. gets brainwashed into becoming a bad guy. Riku. It's it's exactly it's Riku like all over again. It, it's it feels exactly like Riku Maleficent, mm. but this game came out in 1999 before Kingdom Hearts. Mm. Wow, that yeah. sounds like Griffin's favorite game is some backbiting ass copycat shit. <laughs> um, I'm I'm gripping the table just furiously. Griffin's right now. quaking, and I can see cracks spreading across his wooden table from how hard he's squeezing it. We have story. <laughs> has to be the least important part of this game right the story's just (laughs) like a series of like procedural sentences that get you to the point where you chase monkeys with a net yeah uh (laughs) and the sentences themselves are like this guy is evil yeah you have to go stop him yeah it's pretty basic (laughs) but the character but the characters look unique and they're fun and uh and i really love uh all the monkeys uh because you catch them and you get little descriptions about them um, and so it's just like a, it's like a, it's just like a fun, simple format, but it seems that there's like a little, little details to it that make it fun. Well, it's, it's also like, it's a fun, it's like, like you said, it combines a lot of different mechanical stuff. Like there's puzzle elements, there's platformer elements, there's fighting elements, like, and there's also these like cool dual stick mechanics. And so like, it really is to go back to your experience bar, like it is really just about playing the game. Like it's not one of those games that like rewards you any more than just how fun it is to play. Like, it's not like a 
like a Final Fantasy seven where it's like fun to play and also like makes you think and also is like all this beautiful art that like changes the way of blah, blah, blah. It's just like right. a game that's like this is going to be super duper fun. And here you yeah. go. It's super duper the, fun. And it, it the, extremely is. The less you think, the better with this game, because there's like spaceships and dinosaurs maybe at the same time. Like, <laughs> like I don't know if the, the UFOs also travel in time. Maybe those are different levels. But yeah, it's 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 pretty wild. Like the story. I remember there's a line where like they explain time travel really well <laughs> is what you're trying to say. They, <laughs> w- one of the kids is like, uh wow, like we could travel in time. Like uh, we, I, I'm so excited to see the dinosaurs and the future. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do have to. Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the voice acting because that is pr- it's pretty stilted. <laughs> yeah. It's maybe the worst voice acting I've ever heard. Yeah, but it's it's, like, I love it. Yeah, exactly. I love like, it. The same it's way funny. that there are like those animes that I like that are extremely dumb and the voice acting is terrible, but I still like love them because there's like silly, goofy fun like uh, yeah. The one about that kid who loves to make bread, Yakitate Japan. Like, this is like in that vein where, like, the voice acting is bad in a way that compliments how silly and goofy everything is. Like, it's just so. This game is looking like 100% mechanics. Like, everything else is just stuff on top of mechanics. Yeah, you're right. It does. It, it, sh- it actually it should be stupid. And I think it's purposeful. And uh, <laughs> the game's name is Ape Escape. So you know what you're getting. Yeah, like, that's the thing. You get what you get. Like, that's the whole vibe. It's just like, oh, no, the apes. The apes have escaped. And, like, that even applies what you need to do, which is get them back. The whole story is basically just the phrase Ape Escape with an exclamation point at the end. Imagine if they made, like, a like a, a, a gritty remaster now where it's like you you have, like, a tiny ape daughter and you have to get her through, like, a violent land and capture all the apes. It's yeah. like a dad-daughter relationship. No, exactly. Yeah, it's it's like, taken, yeah. Yeah, it's like the apes escaped. In the escape, they killed your wife. Um, <laughs> there are only, like, six bastions of, like, human civilization left amongst the apes and you have to get from one that just collapsed to the other and on the way, you need to capture some apes for, like, science. Yeah, if it was more nuanced, it would suck. So I think it's the right level. Yeah, did you hear yeah. the thing I just described? That sounds terrible. Like, <laughs> the dumb, goofy, like, barely plotted version where you're like, yeah, we were like in a spaceship and then like going to a castle and then like dinosaurs are around. Like that's the fucking like lean in. It, it, we said this all the time yeah. on this fucking show, but just like lean into the weird aesthetic of the game and it's going to be fucking good. And this is another example of just a game like leans into like the weird shit it sets up and like it totally succeeds in that respect. And just like Kingdom Hearts, sometimes it's not about the plot. It's about the feelings. Yeah, that's true. It has that. <laughs> this is all of that. That's what I'm saying. This is exclusively <laughs> yeah. that. This is no. Um, but we have to ask you a question now, which we ask we're, all of our guests. How do them sticks feel? Oh, baby, I like them sticks. <laughs> the right sick. I'm a huge right sick boy. Cause I, I told you I played Monster Hunter, too. Hell yeah. Yeah, and Ape Escape was my first, like, I think it was the first game to use both sticks. What I yeah. missed about the PSP was, like, it only had the one joystick. Oh, yeah. Uh, I, that really frustrated me. That's why I didn't buy, like, Monster Hunter for, for PSP. It was weird, that one little joystick, that little prong thing. Yeah, it was also so weird. Right. It was also weird because it was so low to the machine. Like, it, yeah. there wasn't a lot of space between the, the, the top of it and, like, the things. So you just kind of, like, pushed it around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, did not love it. I liked it more than like a Game Boy controller when I was a kid. Like, I just remember that the PSP felt like it had quality of life improvements from like the Game Boy. Like the PSP felt like a real fucking piece of technology, yeah. and the Game Boy was like you could barely see it. Like yeah. if the lights were too dark. Yeah, well, like, that's the, we we talked about this before. Like the Game Gear was more like the PSP than anything that Game Boy did. Between like their answer to Game Gear and their release of the PSP, like the Game Gear was like full color, just looked like you were playing Sonic on your TV. 
It just also took like eight batteries and ran out in like 45 minutes. So basically the control of these sticks is like you move around with the left stick. Yeah. And then the right stick is not how you move the camera like in modern normal games. It's like how you swing your gadget. Yeah. Yeah. So you could use like your sword or I, I think it might actually be like a club, mm-hmm. a, a stun club or whatever. Yeah, you, have a sword. Uh, you have a little, you have a weird little sword. I think here, wait, I, I guess it's technically, t- maybe it's technically a club. The render does not a make stun it clear. Club, yeah. I think, yeah, I think it's cause you're just trying to capture the monkeys, not like kill them. Yeah. It's like a stun club. It looks yeah. so much like a lightsaber. <laughs> oh, it does. Yeah. It, it might've been like just copyright. Like, Oh yeah, we can't have it be a lightsaber. No, technically that's a club. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You can swing around your stun club, your time net, your, there's a radar and you can pull uh-huh. that radar up and direct to different directions to like find monkeys and stuff like that. What I struggled with as a kid, but is very cool now that I think about it is like using the RC remote control car with your right stick and then running around with your left stick. Mm. So you could control like two characters essentially like at the same time. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, it turned out to be like a fun, a fun way to like do this kind of like platformer. Now, basically it's interesting because like the game drops you on a level and you have to catch the minimum amount of monkeys in the level through just like figuring out the platforming challenges in the level. Um, now to like a hundred percent of the game, you have to like get, find all of the monkeys in the level, you know, the optional monkeys and stuff, which of course, you know, we got to find all those monkeys guys. (laughs) Um, my gripe with the game is that the second you get the minimum amount of monkeys, it ports you out of the level. Yeah. So basically it requires you to like do the whole level over again twice, um, which is just like not fun. It seemed like there were changes. I was watching the playthrough. Uh, so the, obviously the biggest change, like once you beat the game the first time, you basically swap out your stun club, which you could still use for this like boxing glove. (laughs) It's a boxing glove on like a spring. Oh yes. Like the Joker. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Uh, And then it seemed like there were different like monsters and stuff. And like maybe like the playthrough I was watching, like the guy just explored different parts of the level, but I'm really impressed with the worlds in this game. The, wor- the worlds in this game are very, very cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like, here, I wrote down what it, what it reminded me of. It, it was kind of like a mix of, like, Mario 64 with some, like, Zelda and Sonic, like, aesthetic in there. A lot of, like, Japanese uh, uh, landscapes and iconography in there. Definitely a lot of Sonic landscaping, for sure. And I really do like, I mean, obviously, it's, like, really low polygon technology back then in the 90s. Um, but... I think in the same way that last episode we talked about how like the final fan, the weird way that like cloud looks in the final fantasy game feels like part of the game and, and, and not just like, it feels like they like make the budget part of the game and they make those characters models look interesting and like, part of the game and that's the same thing with these like these monkeys like even like these monkeys now they're like super cute and like interesting i don't know they're like a fun iconic piece of art that like if you if you look back at the playstation era that weird little monkey head is just like all over the place yeah oh it's so charming like if it came out now like would they look scary would they look like super monkey ball monkeys like i don't really know be like cute just too cutesy like what would they i don't get yeah yeah, I thought it was the perfect mix. Like all, all those games from childhood, like uh, Banjo Kazooie is another one that's kind of like similar. Like they're they're just so charming to me. Like and maybe it's nostalgia that's saying that, but like yeah, the aesthetic is it, it's just so delightful. Yeah, yeah, no, it's fucking cool. I love I love 
like I really liked back and we talked about this a little bit on the show before too. Like the so many old games because there wasn't a way to make them like photorealistic or like there was no way to like approach sort of an industry standard of good graphics. Just tried to make the graphics and style that fit the thing they were doing. And I like that so much more design wise than so many games that come out now. Like so many games that come out now just have like a very clear like generally accepted version of like what a good game looks like and just try to look like that. And it's like not every game needs to look like Uncharted Four. Right, Sorry, Cash, right. but it's true. <laughs> Sorry, Cash, you made a bad game. No, he didn't make it. <laughs> <laughs> he just thought of it and invented it and designed it. Oh, um, yeah. yeah. Even I, like uh, with that company, they did Jack and Daxter games, right? I think so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like Jack Two and Three. Like I thought. When were will so, someone so bring fun. me a Jack and Daxter? <laughs> I wonder. Griffin <laughs> sitting at the bar. What are you? What are you? The lady comes up. What are you drinking? He's like Jack and Daxter. And she's just she's like, like what? She's like she's what? Like, and then Griffin pours a glass full of console cartridges into his mouth. Man, so this game, like, I, one thing with this game is just that, like, it doesn't really care. Like, it it basically all the design is premised off of the idea of like, wouldn't it be funny if a monkey were in this place or in that place? Like, that's the organizing principle of the game. Like, wouldn't it be funny if a monkey were in a castle? What if it were near a dinosaur <laughs> or in Tokyo or outer space? Yeah. And I fucking, yeah, they're, they're I, mischief creatures. Yeah. I just fucking I think that that's such a good way for this game to be organized. And it's so fucking funny. And it like, I don't know. I really love this game. This was really fun because I hadn't played this game or thought about this game in a long, long time. Um, in fact, I was more of a Nintendo than PlayStation kid, so I played a lot more Super Monkey Ball than Ape Escape. Uh-huh. Um, but when it comes to my per, per, my weird primate puzzle game of choice, um, <laughs> but like rewatching like watching playthroughs this week and like playing it a little bit, um, or playing other playing other newer ones a little bit, um, uh-huh. it's just like so cool. It's such a cool, fun, weird, little, adorable game that like. It's so just about the act of playing it. Like it is so much less than it's like, which is fine. And I think that's a great thing for games to be sometimes. And it was just a cool reminder of like how fun those kind of games can be. I was really fucking into it. I really like this game a lot. Yeah. Me too. It's like things I liked about super. It feels like a very postmodern game. Like it's like, it feels like it's six of my favorite games mashed into one. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's like a really good way of putting it. Super Mario 64. Like what if, it was like that, but you had a sword and it was like in a Shinto shrine that it, when, when you cross into a different room, it's also a volcano. <laughs> like, yeah. And then also like it has some like Ratchet and Clank, Banjo-Kazooie elements of like using yeah. weird mechanics and toys to solve puzzles. And coming back to areas later, once you have more gadgets and stuff, which yeah, is I the do, best. I do think that actually leads to one of my main gripes of the game is I think that a lot of the puzzle solving mechanics are a little linear. Um, like we've talked about this in this game before on the show before that like, I like when a game is like, you've earned this tool with you can solve puzzles, but then it's just like, then you just get the same kind of puzzle over and over again. You know the tool for it. And yeah. there's not a lot of space where you like use the tools in creative ways to find new ways to solve puzzles or combine them in interesting ways is not a right. big part of this game, which is always, mm-hmm. which is like a little bit frustrating to me. I know that's like, it's a game for children. So like, yeah, I'm very glad <laughs> I played it in third grade. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Yeah. Like you as an adult, like, that's like one of the things that just bums me out is that like, there's such cool stuff in it, but the puzzles are never quite as like, I, I don't know. I just don't. 
I only played a little bit of, of the remaster of two, but like it never made me feel like some puzzle games like The Witness, for instance, made me feel like I'm a fucking genius. Like oh, I, I did it. Yeah. And uh, that's just the tough thing about the kid puzzle stuff, man. It's like uh, even Ratchet and Clank is pretty basic. Once you get a new gadget, it's like, OK, just get do the gadget in this room and then do the gadget in the next room. You got a new gadget. Great. Like they don't really like layer the puzzles too much with that game either because for kids at the end of the day. Yeah, like, for sure. Like this, a 10 year old would never make it through The Witness. And if they did, they are going to be a super villain. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um, this is a thought I just had scrolling through the, uh, the Ape Escape wiki. Do you think that the professor who's captured all of these apes in the first place is the same doctor who declared that there's no more monkeys jumping on the bed? <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking about that Well, I was I was having a hard time reading the wiki because I kept thinking about that. I think that is definitely true. And I think um, also something interesting about this game is... Aren't we all kind of on the ape side? I think in 2018, we're definitely on the ape yeah. side. I think in 1999, <laughs> it was a little easier to be like, things are okay. We got to get these apes back. But now you're like, what are they escaping from? Who did these apes yeah. wrong? And it's like, aren't they just, are they just being tested on in a lab facility? Like, I prefer them to just travel through time. Well, I think maybe the problem is that these are the apes who are jumping on the bed and they just, you can't have them doing that. And so they <laughs> sure. had to put them all in cages. Yeah. Okay. That's, okay. I see, think, I think, I think we've morally looped it in a good way. See, <laughs> that, that thought I had didn't come from total nowhere. There was a real <laughs> grounding in the mythology that I'm working with here. Um, but yeah, I guess we should probably head towards the, the rating section. But is there anything else about this game that you want to talk about? The music is bonkers. Yeah, the, the music was really fun. It wasn't trying to be like anything special one way or the other. But I, don't know, I thought it was fun. I think uh, the last thing that I'd like to say uh, is that... Um, it is it is it was a huge hit, but for some reason still remains like a, a, a sub, kind of an outlier on the system. Like it's like it's definitely part of the iconography of the PlayStation, like those little monkey heads. But I always felt like it it was never shoulder to shoulder with games like like Crash Bandicoot or Spyro and stuff. Um, but it is such a solid like little gem. Um, but it always did feel like it was on like a lower back shelf from like other hit PlayStation one games. I think the worlds actually are very similar to the Spyro worlds. Yeah. But in Spyro, you get to glide and you're a dinosaur. You you know, I guess it'd be like if you played as a monkey in Ape Escape. Yeah. Well, that might be similar. That's the thing. You can kind of see in the titles, right? Like you have Spyro, the story about Spyro, the character we can attach it all to is Spyro. Same with Crash Bandicoot. Same with Super Mario. Same with Zelda. Right, this isn't Spike. This is about, this is about yeah. the thing that happens, not the guy. And so there's like less sort of to attach to. You right. can only attach to these sort of like NPC monkeys. Yeah, it wouldn't be. Like, yeah, if it was called like running dragon or like breathing fire, it would probably not do as well. Right. Well, yeah, it was, right. this would be yeah, exactly. That's a spiral called like breathe some fire or like <laughs> crash bandicoot <laughs> is called like find the apples. Like, like apples yeah, in box. Like it's not the dinosaurs <laughs> yeah. or dragons, whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's just not quite, it doesn't quite have the same. It doesn't have a thing to hang on the same way those other games do, but mm-hmm. you could f- sense that they were trying to like create a franchise with their mini games yeah because you could play the boxing game you could play the yes. galaga sort of game you could play snowboarding uh snowboarding is actually really fun and, and it was really cool to like watch because they're like 2d <laughs> or it's three-dimensional but the characters are completely are 2d and flat so like when they turn it almost looks like paper mario mm-hmm. sort of like you turn and you see them just like turn into like a line kind of mm-hmm. that was really cool 
with the ethics of this game, yeah, you're like capturing monkeys with a butterfly net and you're, you're just stunning them. You're not really like injuring them. But then in the mini games, you could play as like monkeys boxing. So I guess you're capturing them and then making them, making fight. them fight. It's very yeah. Pokemon. That's very Pokemon. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, that is one thing to be said is that this game did have a bunch of weird spinoffs. Um, yeah. Is worth noting, like there's Ape Escape Academy, um, Ape Escape Racer, PlayStation Move Ape Escape. Uh, I toy monkey mania, but did any of them do as well as like the original? No, they didn't, but it's just that they get, yeah. got to keep making them. So there was definitely someone yeah. who had some faith in this property for sure. Yeah, totally. We're still talking about it in 2019. It's true. Oh, right. I said yeah. 2018, 20 before. years, 20 years later. Yeah. Holy shit. Wow. That's a 20 eve of kingdom hearts three. Wow. We're still talking about it. <laughs> wow. What a world. Um, well let's, uh, let's jump ahead to the part where we rate this game. But before that, let's do a little bit of a commercial break. Mm-hmm. Hey everyone, it's Lux, and I'm here with Griffin. Hey Griffin. Hey Griffin. I mean, that's my name. That is your uh, name. Sorry guys, I'm a little flustered because, I don't know, like, I've been feeling a little little slow lately. Feeling like I'm just not on top of my stuff, you know, I'm getting behind on Game Boys, I haven't been posting as much, and I think I'm just kind of a mental block somewhere in my brain. Yeah, it can be a tough time. I think we all have, have sort of moments like that, but you know, I think there's a way you can kind of fix that and get around it if you want. And not just you, but all of our listeners too. It's called the P point helmet uh, it's designed to uh, make your uh, your pet monkey smart and then just uh, handle everything for you well it can also make you smart too is the thing it, it makes oh, anything weird yeah you don't have to use it on your monkey it's weird that you've been doing that you, oh, okay <laughs> you can use it on anything you want to make them smart and that's the thing with this peak point helmet um, you can put it on and go from regular dumb guy to pretty smart guy or from smart guy to genius or from monkey to useful assistant and I just want to be in the corner of saying intelligence is a burden and you could just do it to your monkey like you don't have to get smart like it's that's a lot well, hey guys this is Bobo this is Griffin's pet monkey he's yep. put a peak point helmet on me yep please take it off I know too much and it is destroying me on the inside but you're so good at my email you're so good at, ma- at managing my spam folder. Yeah, Please the subject lines me. you write are extraordinary. Please don't. You just keep making me write subject lines and I just feel so awful and dehumanized and demonkinized. <laughs> oh no. Uh, well, it sounds like he's crying, but he's smiling and he's nodding with a sign that says, keep doing this. Yeah. So. It's a peak point helmet. It's a great tool to make you smarter, make your monkey smarter, and certainly isn't any kind of existential torture. Buy it online at peakpointhelmet.com using the promo code GAMEBOYS to get 10% off. Bobo, bring me my whip. Oh, okay. Hello, Internet. Welcome back to the Game Boy Podcast. My name is Lux. I'm still your host. Your host is still Griffin Davis. Your guest is still Roger Carno, and we are still talking about Ape Escape. So now is a part of the game show where we rate that game, boys and girls and friends beyond the binary. We give this game a score on a scale of one to five joysticks with a little reasoning behind why we made that choice. Roger, you are our guest, so Tom and Courtesy Dictates, you go first. What's your score for Ape Escape? It's, it's a really good game. It's really fun, and I am... Putting it in the context of like me playing it as a third grader. I'm not even trying to speak nostalgically, but I think based on the experience I had with this game, I got to give it a 4.7. Nice. Good score. Strong score. That is is a good score. I love a 4.7 because it's a strong score that puts no pressure on either of us to give a five. (laughs) (laughs) Um, What do you think, Griff? Ooh, man. Um, This game is so solid and I, i'm i don't know why i think this game doesn't is like a 
an underdog. It has multiple sequels. Millions of people have played it, but it felt like an underdog on the PlayStation for me in terms of these other more iconic character driven uh, open world games of similar ilk. Um, But, you know, returning to it reviewing it, hearing the stories, the controls. It's such a great game. And the only thing I don't like about it is just that it pulls you out of the levels. I hate getting pulled out of a level. And it's ultimately what keeps games like Super Mario Sunshine um, from being a perfect contender as well. Don't pull me out of a level. I'll tell you when I want to leave a level. God damn it. And for that, it's a 4.5 joysticks for me. It could have gotten so close. No, um, They yanked me out. I appreciate that. But have you considered that when Spike captures the last monkey, every time he goes, yes, <laughs> does that not give you anything? And then it cuts to the professor's granddaughter natalie in the lab and she says great job every time there's no alternate she just says great job you managed uh, to avoid drowning you're right and now i'm currently i forgot about that and i'm updating it to a 4.6 yeah <laughs> nice um okay here's another thing i love the yeah and i love the great job but i'm with griffin i don't like getting pulled out of levels i also like i said don't think the puzzle progression's as cool as it could be also, we kind of talk about this, like, I like having a guy. I like there being a, a, a guy, a guy on the front. Like, a, I like having a Mario, like, in these kind of games, like, in these kind of, like, puzzler, clever yeah. games. I like having a Mario or a Crash or a Banjo or someone to, like, sort of superimpose myself onto and feel attached to. And Spike definitely exists. <laughs> um, doesn't do a ton else. Um, and that's not like damning what he means, but it does like sort of it's one less layer of like super fun goofs that I get to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, Can I ask you a question? Yeah, go for it. Do you think in life you're more of a, a spike or a banjo? Oh, oh definitely ooh. a banjo. Yeah, definitely a banjo. Really? Yeah, he's an ultimate banjo. Okay. I'm a think big I, goofy moron. <laughs> I kind of identify with Spike in the like anonymity of it. Like, I think I'm a good person and stuff, but like, there's a lot of people out there to think you're a banjo, like the ego that it takes. Well, no one's ever <laughs> said that I'm not grotesquely egotistical. So that checks out. OK. Um, <laughs> no, but, um, you know, I, I, I'm like the snake from Banjo-Kazooie that you have to walk lightly around or I'll wake up and eat your chew your head off. You're going to eat your ass. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, yeah. Hell yeah. Um, it's working. Um, yeah, no, that's fair. And there is something to, to Spike. And like, I like protagonists in some games, like the silent, like no one protagonist that you kind of stick yourself on. But like with these kids games and these goofs, I really like having sort of a character who can bring their own sort of thing to the moment. Um, and doesn't have that. So for me, I think I'll give it a 4.25. It's still a great fucking game and it's super duper yeah. fun. It just is mm-hmm. missing the sort of like marginal things that make a like iconic platformer stay iconic yeah we need the hero's journey and for that i'm sorry but the yeah is good but i'm actually updating my score once more to a 4.4 wow i want to quickly correct myself as well but not in my score i think he actually says yes it's not a yeah i think he says yes and that's what come the game boys podcast for our insane accuracy yeah. um mm-hmm. all right well that means we've rated this game which means it's time for everyone's favorite segment tell that a segment that's right ladies and gentlemen it's time for the segment segment that's part where griffin and i present our guest with weird segments that we have come up with when we play little dumb games griffin you have a segment this week 
Oh, you know, guys, it's uh, another round of two truths and a high. That's right. There's three facts. Two of them are true things about this game. One of them is a fact that I wrote when I was high. And of course, guys, on the eve of Kingdom Hearts, we're doing some Kingdom Hearts facts. Are we just going to talk about Kingdom Hearts next week? Oh, no. We're talking about it for the next two years. Oh, great. Cool. 104 episodes. Oh, my goodness, guys. You know, it's funny coming up for with with facts about this particular franchise is that a lot of uh, studios, especially Square in Japan, are very tight-lipped about the development mm-hmm. stories behind things. So, actually, surprisingly, even though there are, like, 20 games in this franchise, it was really hard to find development stories about this game but I persevered guys so get ready fact number one in Kingdom Hearts 1 Sephiroth is voiced by Lance Bass of the band NSYNC (laughs) (laughs) fact number two uh, Squaresoft held a contest before the release of Kingdom Hearts called Kingdom Hearts, Put Your Name in the Game. The winner of this competition would see their name in the game. A man in New York named Kurt was the winner, and he is the second hardest boss in the game. Uh, fact number three uh, fans have always been outraged that Ariel from the Little Mermaid was not considered a princess of heart in the original game the director admits they did this because they felt Ariel was more of a fish than a human (laughs) okay now Kurt Kingdom Hearts 1 Kingdom Hearts 1 I feel like Griffin must be like there must be a character named Kurt, right? Like he is the second hardest boss okay, in the game. Okay. What was the first one again? The first one is that Sephiroth is voiced by Lance Bass of the hit band NSYNC. I believe it. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go. I don't think I think Kurt's alive. I think the Kurt one is Lilacs. What do you think, Roger? Eris as a, a princess of hearts. Ariel, Ariel, Ariel is not a right. princess of heart uh, because the director was thought that she was like too much of a fish. Or something. More fish than human. More fish than I'm, human. I'm going to go with Lux. So I'm gonna, I think the second one, the, the, they all sound like believable. Yeah, Griffin's okay. really good at this game. It's fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> so you're saying that so fact number two, the fact that uh, a man named Kurt won the contest to get his name in a game and that he is the second hardest boss in the game is, a, uh, is, the, is the lie. Is the, the high. I think that's, that's the, the high. high. Well, uh, gentlemen, you're both wrong that is a real fact there is a boss uh full name kurt ziza which is his full name and is the second hardest boss it's an optional boss found outside of agrabah in the desert Uh, and he and i had no never knew why his name was kurt ziza now i know it's just a dude's (laughs) name in new york which is very funny shouts out to kurt so what was uh, the high? Come on the podcast. Oh, sorry. The high. Yeah, I should. <laughs> I would like to know uh, the answer. Yeah. The, the answer was that the Ariel was more of a fish than a human. Oh. No, that 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 is not true. It was just clearly a princess snub. See, that one felt real to me because I feel like we've had other ones where someone's been like, we didn't do this normal thing for crazy reason. Yeah. Like, I think it like, yeah, it's maybe if it, it was like a secret one because it's like, you know, uh, the directors maybe misinterpreted lots of Disney and stuff. Yeah. It's like, a, well, that one's good. That was a good one because it fits the form of lots of the facts you put in this game that are true or that are lies. Anyways, the most of the other facts were very boring. So I'm just let's imp- get. <laughs> I'm just impressed that you thought 
I want to think of a game and I need to find two weird stories about it. Instead of thinking about a game about apes escaping that surely had some weird development stories, we're talking about <laughs> Kingdom Hearts 3 in advance. It was actually pretty difficult. Really? Um, for yeah, Ape Escape yeah, yeah. 2? Mm-hmm. Weird. I would have thought that this game has crazy stories. Well, who cares? You did it. That was a great segment. You got me again. My dream of a winning streak is dead. And that sucks. This is a segment where we talk about how well I did on the segment. This uh-huh. t- So if, if you if you guys could all give a rating on how that uh, segment went, that'd be nice. Uh, I'm just vamping for a second because I took it, accidentally kicked out my headphones, but they're back in. And now it's time for everybody's favorite game about analingus. <laughs> That's right, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for a riveting round of Do They Eat Ass? It's the game where we discuss whether or not three characters need do or do not eat ass and we decide whether it is through combative conflict or cooperative conversation the answer to this question this week the game we're talking about is ape escape so our theme is apes that means we're going through the big ones donkey kong king oh. kong oh. and diddy kong oh i thought you were gonna do caesar oh we don't do caesar no i'm kidding <laughs> caesar is- let's keep it let's keep it in video games well, uh, and, and king kong so yeah we'll go in alphabetic order as usual you start with diddy kong does diddy kong eat ass now get it uh, diddy kong is the younger version of donkey kong correct no, Diddy Kong is... He's not like the younger version. Yeah, he's just a younger monkey who's friends with Donkey Kong. Oh, okay, he's just a bro. Yeah, a young yeah. bro. Uh, Diddy Kong probably eats ass most voraciously of those three. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, because he's a little freak. He's, like, got a little body, but, like, I, I think, like, little bodies, in my, in my mind, like, they're, like, running around, like... Uh, like the little guy is always like the fastest one. Like I feel like Diddy Kong is faster than Donkey Kong in any of these games. Oh, for sure. I, I think Diddy Kong. He has a jetpack. Yeah, I think based on the jetpack and just yeah. based on the frantic way he moves, it's a oh, hard guess for, sure. for me. Also, I yeah. think that one thing we've learned from Twitter in 2018 is that teens love eating ass, and Diddy Kong is definitely the most teen of the Kong family. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, they're doing all they're doing all sorts of stuff on Twitter now. Yeah, teens love. Just, <laughs> teens love I'm to shaking eat. my I'm shaking my finger in the corner. Teens love to eat ass and talk about it on Twitter. That's one thing <laughs> Did, I learned. Yeah, Diddy Kong is jetpacking to eat some ass. And then immediately tweeting about it. Yeah. Classic Diddy. <laughs> now let's talk about Donkey Kong. Does Donkey Kong eat ass? I think we've talked about Donkey Kong before, but we're, we're revisiting Donkey Kong. It's okay to relitigate. Okay. So my thing about Donkey Kong is I feel like Donkey Kong is such an idiot. I think he might like do things on accident sometimes. <laughs> uh, and I think he, I think he's done it. I don't know like how even conscious he is of anything he does. Do you think that he is wearing a tie with no shirt because he thinks he put on a shirt and just forgot? I think he's an empty vessel of a soul. Like I, I think there's, <laughs> I look in his eyes and they're de- they're dead to me. They're just dead. Like, like when like, Werner Herzog talks about looking into the eyes of a chicken. Yeah, it, it's a lot like that and uh, I mean and just like a chicken uh, Donkey Kong has definitely accidentally eaten ass all right Roger how do you feel about that that's a a pretty wild take I'm into it I think all monkeys eat ass like yeah yeah yeah. that's also yeah I'm probably gonna say yes to all of these sorry no uh, totally cool no I'm spoiler alert for the third one (laughs) I love I'm very much about constructing sort of a like taxonomical rubric of like how to tell if something eats ass and I think all yeah. monkeys eat ass is definitely a good rule to add to the system <laughs> Don- yeah Donkey Kong and lo- okay but then here's a question so we're, we're all gonna say yes for Donkey Kong I assume we're all gonna say yes for King Kong too because all monkeys yeah. eat ass so here's a question all monkeys eat ass cops don't eat ass according to my rules what about a right. monkey cop I think uh, oh. I think that might be the right Venn diagram for sure yeah um, is it a crooked cop 
Or is this like a by the rules monkey cop? Um, let's say it's a by the rules monkey cop. I think anyone that already has like one like solid character noun that then becomes a cop could like definitely infiltrate the system and and create all sorts of ripples of change like ass eating. Yeah, that makes sense. A lot of there are a lot of movies about that. And that's how I can tell if a thing makes sense or not, is if there are movies about it. So that checks out. Um, let, let me say this about like, a, a monkey cop. Like any iteration of this, I, I, I'm constructing in my head, whether it's like, you know, really gritty or or like not realistic at all. All of them are adorable. And I would love to see a monkey cop. Yeah. Monkey <laughs> cop the movie. Get at us. Um, oh, for sure. Or or a game. I, I, would, I would watch the shit or play the oh my shit God. out of any, any monkey cop stuff. A monkey cop anime would fucking rip. Oh, Ooh. I would watch the shit out of that. Except there's oh, definitely yeah. some weird pervy shit in it, but that's all right. That happens in yeah. every anime. Um, but speaking of things that are all right, Roger, you've been a more than all right guest. You've been fantastic. Thanks, and so the people probably want to find yeah. more of you on the old internet. So where can they do so? You could follow my Instagram, which is slam dip. Slam underscore dip. It's this crazy narrative I've been doing for a couple of years. Uh, <laughs> I say hop into it. It doesn't matter if you understand it or not. I still think you'll find it funny. Sorry, oh, yeah. it's private. It's because I work at a high school and there's like a lot of murder that goes on on my Instagram. Uh, my and kind like of threats Instagram. of murder. Yeah. Yeah. Like, do you mean like murdering the libs or what are we uh, talking about here? No, it's it's a narrative. Uh <laughs> I think the closest thing I compare it to is like Twin Peaks where there's like multiple realities going on and like one of them wants to kill another one. And my guy is like uh, also being tortured by a demon and it has been for a couple of years. I don't like talking about it. Yeah, you just like doing it. I like Somet- doing yeah, it. What? Yeah. So you, sometimes, some things are so fucked up to explain. It's like, uh, don't make me explain this. Oh, yeah. this shit? Uh, like, let me just say this. Here? It's super fucked this. up and weird. This shit oh, is very so Joker weird. twisted Jared Leto damaged. You're gonna love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, uh, let's see. Think YouTube.com slash Lick Sketch Comedy. I'm yeah, a part of plug. Lick at the Pack Theater, yes. first Wednesdays of every month at 8 p.m. Yes, they're very funny. Uh, brand new team. What are you guys only a few shows in? Yeah, uh, we're about to have our fourth show. Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm putting up a video for like with Lick somewhere between February 7th and 12th. Be on the lookout. Stay tuned. Gonna be good. You gotta you gotta, you gotta love those first six months of being on a new team because feelings are high tensions are high everyone's you know everyone's, everyone's in on high it. everyone's high it's pretty it's it was a, it's a fun time it's good all right Griff um, daddy what's your deal oh man guys you know screw it i'm gonna i'm gonna plug a youtube link today guys go to dad's new apartment and subscribe because there's a new video in the pipeline that's coming very soon to a youtube near you and then Game Boys Pod on Instagram and Griffin P. Davis on all the social media. All right. Well, if we're plugging videos, I'll plug a video too. Um, the Indiegogo video and the subsequent teaser for the next Party World Wrestling show are going to be coming out at the beginning of February. So go on Facebook, look up Party World Wrestling, like the page, and stay tuned for videos. I would like to plug one more thing. Okay. Uh, <laughs> uh, just like over the next week. This comes out in two days. It comes out Wednesday. I'm just going to be uh, kind of like doing like a live kind of blogging experience about Kingdom Hearts. So feel free to jump in on that. Yeah, where can people, where can people <laughs> find that? Uh, you can find it um, on the Game Boys Instagram, but also you can just find me on Facebook if you want. You know, if you're friends with me on Facebook, it'll be there. Maybe we'll do some shit because I have a pretty light week. Maybe you can do some shit where you play Kingdom Hearts and I yeah, watch we, along we, and goof with you or something. We might do some kind of Twitch stream of some sort. Yeah, we, yeah. we might fuck around with that 
yeah so stay tuned for that kind of thing we'll be posting that uh, all right and speaking week. of twitch uh, my experiment with the wrestling show on twitch is going well which means that next saturday you can go to twitch.tv slash party world wrestling and see dark war 2 with live commentary from the wrestlers who were present for dark war 2 the battle against the robots and that'll be fun and hopefully i won't actually be on the stream because i'm not good at it but we don't usually have enough people but i think we will next time so check that out and please 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 review the podcast we've been getting more ratings we get yeah. more ratings on itunes every week people aren't writing reviews though so after you click the five stars button just type in literally any words it's fine and we'll read them on the <laughs> podcast but rate reviews and ratings both go into the algorithm so if you're going to leave us five stars we super duper appreciate it thank you super super much to everyone who's been doing that mm-hmm. also these leave a silent review. Vo- these silent voters though you know i do respect the silent majority that were that were you know yeah no huge respect for the silent voters but i would love to get some more vocal people in the in the in the reviews so please if you have a chance like we super appreciate everyone who's, who's rated and reviewed so far but if we can get a couple more that'd be so awesome um so please do that and that is it for us my name is lux i'm your host your co-host is griffin davis your guest is roger carno your editor is Haley clem and your intro and outro music is by matthew morton and your art is by Brittany metz goodbye internet we love you very much bye i love you bye i love you ape escape, ape escape. yes <laughs> great job <laughs>